0: Hi, folks. Let me start with some content warnings this week. Um, Cancer and ADHD, which seem to be a theme lately, Um, but also extreme geekery, tech layoffs, institutional misogyny, shitty people, and privilege. There you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, Secondly, we have animals. Um, none of whom are currently assaulting me, knock on wood. Hound
1: hound wants to be in my lap. Lap dog, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh,
0: it is almost chicken bedtime, so everyone is getting settled and no one is visible on cam. I might have to move the one camera to look at Olive's tree, but... (laughs) Anyway, they make noise, they interrupt, they are a thing that happens, and so uh, you're warned. And finally, we tend to swear. Oh yes, frequently, passionately, and often at Sergio the cat,
1: who is not here right now, and thus is probably
0: somewhere breaking something. No, we're yeah. I don't know. I don't even want to guess.
1: Oh wait, no, here he comes. Here he oh oh oh. summoned.
0: Did we say his name three times?
1: Well, you said it once, and he knows his name.
0: That's true. You, Cat, you are scary smart, and it terrifies me every time. We should get you
1: some of those buttons that let you talk, except then we'd know.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think I can handle that. I actually have those buttons, I just haven't set them up yet.
1: Lord. Um, Anyway. Mostly because
0: I realized I don't want to know. Yeah. Anyway, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 308. We are tired. Oh, yes. It is, I mean, it has been two days of just stress, yep. and so yeah, it's... I
1: started chemo yesterday, which was yeah, three four hours of sitting in the place cancer center, yeah, and uh, getting various things pumped into my veins while Kevin chauffeured around and helped me around and hoped yeah. that I would not drop dead while he wasn't around when like, I
0: yeah when I had to run an errand to get some pills from the the grocery store yeah it was um an eye opener of a deep seated existential fear i didn't realize i had until i'm driving away going what if i come back and she's dead what if what if what if what if and uh yeah that was that was freaky
1: it's uh i don't recommend it no no, no. um i think it's it's common when you are somewhat anxious and you love someone that it it happens. The more anxious you are, the more often it happens with no reason. Oh yeah, uh, you know. So, which is why occasionally I will be in bed going, "Oh God, what if I wake up and Kevin's dead?" But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. yeah.
2: You're
0: at
1: least having it with a reason.
0: I, well, yes. I mean, it's it's much better than the 3 a.m. existential. Sergey, please stop helping. The the 3 a.m. existential. You know, what if all that happens is nothing. Like, what if this is my last moment and it's just blank darkness from now on? And that's just terrifying. Um, yeah, that's that's also troubling. Yeah. Existential dread, fear of death. I think it's probably because I'm in my 50s. I didn't get this in my 30s.
1: Whenever I started to have it, like, mm-hmm. oh God, I, I'm going to die someday. I, put, uh, uh, I basically told myself, I will worry about this when I turn 50. Until then... Uh, there's no point in pre-gaming it. Uh, I'm 46, and so this <laughs> yeah. has worked great for my anxiety for years, but sooner or later, the, the bill is going to come due yeah. in about four years, and I don't know what I'll do then.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, otherwise, um, I will say the chickens are in good shape. We are are, are collectively sort of a mess. Um.
1: I'm, I'm actually emotionally fine, other than the dread of tomorrow is supposed... The third day is supposed to be the bad day. Right. And, like, right. all I've been doing is sleeping a lot and sort of obsessing over my, you know, whenever I feel a twinge of something, I'm like, oh, God, is that a normal twinge or is that a, <laughs> a side effect is there, twinge? Is that a
0: side effect twinge? Yes. yes.
1: But I mean, I haven't been bad. Like, I could have worked for a bit today, I just you no, know didn't because yeah. everyone would yell at me. So,
0: there's a whole line of people lineup of people who would yell at you, Ser- Look, Sergey, I'm moving all of the things out of your way.
1: Hound, beautiful. So, when hound. you decide
0: to roll on my desk, oh, of course, now you're going to go over there where mm-hmm. I'm moving the things too because, Sergey.
1: But I anyway. did. I did get one neat thing today. Uh, this is oh. just generally neat. I got uh, the shot that I got today. Uh, I had to go back to the chemo place to get, get a shot. Yes, is a uh, it is the the pharmacist was really excited about it. Yeah, because this a, is
0: really cool new tech. Right? This is
1: like a miracle drug that they have only developed. I want to say last five or six years. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, basically it causes uh, more or less a bone marrow bloom. Uh, so you suddenly so the the big uh uh drawback to chemo was that it it does shit things to your blood and they yeah. can fix red blood cells they can fix platelets but they can't give you more white blood cells right but then somebody make, hooked up this drug that uh which apparently when it was under patent uh, uh was referred to as the solid gold shot because <laughs> <it was too laughs> that, expensive. yeah uh it causes your bone marrow to just go and uh, which is where your white blood cells come from and uh so it basically lets them poison you a lot harder because (laughs) your white blood cells bounce back which is good uh because that's the harder they poison the cancer the better off you are right uh and this frankly means that they can uh, uh shorten the chemo time a lot because yeah they you know can do so much more to it uh So it's cool. The downside is that this also, the knock-on effects are you get a massive histamine reaction and uh, you get growing pains, like when you were a teenager or uh, a preteen, you know, and which are, you know, really bad bone aches in some cases. If you take Claritin, apparently that knocks it out a lot. And not everyone gets that, but they're like, I just start taking the Claritin. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I don't know if some of the vagueness I've been feeling the past two days has been entirely a side effect, or because I started taking Claritin again, because when I first started taking right, that, yeah. I always spend a couple of days slightly loopy, so, but, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so hopefully I will be lucky and will not get any of the, the bone ache off that, uh,
0: but we'll know soon enough, won't we? We will. Yes.
1: But, uh, so that's, it's just a cool medical tech.
0: Oh no, it's that, it is, yeah, it is wicked cool, yeah.
1: Like, really balls. so. Yes. Anyway, so that's the excitement here, I think. I Mm -hmm. have not accomplished anything in the past week that uh, involved anything but the bit where I have cancer. So I've been productive, but not in anything that matters. I mean, I've done some drawings.
0: I I am finally in a little bit of a headspace where I'm catching up on all my, like, hey, maybe a catch-up interview would be cool kind of emails and, uh, uh, you know, turning down the usual parade of this person has a new book about how to, you know, how, how they are just successful and how you can be successful too. And I'm just like, nope, nope. Turn a lot of those down every, every week. It's an interesting form of spam. It, well, sometimes I get good guests out of that and sometimes I don't. And I may be passing on some really great guests because I am trying very hard to amplify voices that are diverse and underrepresented. And not
1: white guy who wrote a book on how to, you know, exactly. game the uh, the system and make it a right. million dollars a year. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I've had a couple of those on and generally they're really fun. Um, but I I could, I mean, if I wanted to be yet another podcast in the productivity industrial complex, <laughs> I could book a year of those Without breaking a sweat
2: and, right, and oh, yeah. I don't
0: want that's not what we're here for so. no it's it's really not, mm-hmm. but uh and I'm looking at our upcoming and man have have we got some fun ones coming up, so
1: yes, beautiful hound rock oh, on
0: I see what happened these these pants had
1: were were oh. new and had not been anointed with little fun dog, heads. oh yes,
0: that is a problem yes. So uh, I have an interview. You have an interview. Let's let's
1: go to the interview and talk about how messed up we are.
0: So the first time I I saw John's handle on Pokemon Go, I immediately groaned internally. And we will talk about that too. Um, But if you see somebody uh, in a UK Unix forum called John the Nice Guy, this is an artifact of the pre-all the other shit that's happened on the internet days. um, (laughs) Because that's what they called him, because he was the nice, helpful guy helping people out all the time. Uh, And it stuck. So, uh, John Spriggs, long-time listener, first-time interview. We had a fantastic talk. Like I said, there's excessive geekiness in this talk. But, you know what, it was a lot of fun, and we talk about several different... uh, uh, TV shows and technologies and things, so we'll have that for you right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with John, who is longtime listener, first-time interview. Um, John is coming to us from England. I'm excited about this. And, John, can you introduce yourself significantly better than I just did and tell us about what you do? Sure.
3: Uh, so I am, as you said, based in the UK, a uh, proud mm-hmm. father of two kids, um, and I work in IT. Um, I... Um, how can I, how to describe this? So I am a proud Linux evangelist. Um, I, uh, speak at conferences when I can, uh, I've run, run bar camps and things like that. Um, I blog, uh, I have done in the past YouTube videos and, and Twitch streams and stuff like that. Although that all kind of went away, uh, when I Joined my previous employer. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. I podcast on a, an infrequent basis. We're, we're not very we're not as uh, routine and rigorous about getting a podcast out as you are, uh, but we <laughs> we try and get shows out about once about once a month or so. Um, and I am a full time individual contributor, as they refer as we refer to ourselves, um, for a ticketing company in the UK. So we sell tickets to gigs and things like that.
0: Oh, nice. That means you probably have at least, you probably have the ability, should you choose to see the shows you want to see, um, a little easier than I do with the, all right, wait, 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 clicks for Ticketmaster because Ticketmaster.
3: <laughs> um, actually, it's weird. Um, So the company mm-hmm. that I work for, Uh, and I don't want to go in too much into detail about this The uh, the company that I work for. um, uh, We get, we get, we get a a discount every month. Um, But no, aside from that, it's basically, we get the same, we, we dog food the same as everyone else does because it's that. Okay. Yeah. The the company I work for is very um, uh, for the fans. And it's part of the reason why I Mm -hmm. went there. Um, You know, uh, we, we don't, we don't have the nasty surprises when it comes to the ticket prices, but yeah, yeah. but it's all for the fans. So, you mm-hmm. know, what we're doing is the same thing that everyone else is doing. And um to the extent that uh my boss's 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 boss was actually in the White House this week uh meeting with your president, uh talking specifically about oh. ticketing. So uh that's all good stuff. Yeah,
0: nice. Yeah, because well, I was gonna say the big the big thing around here is there is one major vendor for all the big venues. Uh I'm sure Ticketmaster, right? Yeah. And everybody is just like, how absolutely, you know, they can because they are essentially a monopoly, although they can't say it because they're all the smaller companies, but they can just be like, Yes, here is the show. And um if you want to see this artist at this venue, you will pay our surcharge whether you like it or not. And there's no choice around it because they'll lock in yeah. venues. They're they're there for the venue management, not the artists, not the fans.
3: Right. Uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 hard to talk about this at this moment in time. Yeah, because yeah. because they're a competitor of ours, and I don't want to get in trouble. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's fair. You
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. The 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 big thing is though that you're 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 working in a space that's really cool, and yes. you're not the big you're not the big motherfucker that's screwing us all over. So <laughs> you're trying hard not to be. <laughs> not to be. You're right. Right. Um. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. Yes, right. There's a lot going on here. So the big question, the big question: um, How do you keep all of that organized?
3: Oh, badly. Uh, so when I when I, <laughs> when I sent my uh, my email into you saying I'm willing to be a tribute, mm-hmm. I think I did yep. mention that um, I'm I'm the one of those podcasts that you put out where it's the person comes to you and says, actually, I don't. I'm not sure I'm amazing at this, um, and it's just to kind of right. remind everyone else that. Although you have some amazing, amazingly really organized, fantastic people on your podcast. You also occasionally have people like me who kind of just about make it all work. And sometimes, sometimes it doesn't all collapse around our ears. Um, I am very fortunate in that, um, my, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the life outside of my work. Is, is largely organized, mm-hmm. or, or, organized, orchestrated uh, by my wife um, who keeps the calendar up to date and uh, tells me where I should be, uh, you know, and things like that. So from that perspective, um, I, I I realize I am very lucky and that my wife has a very hard job keeping the herd of cats that we are uh, right. all, all going in the right direction. Um, and that kind of means that I then have – most of my organization stuff is just around the stuff that I do for work. Um and organizing things like being on the on this podcast and and the other podcast that I'm involved in. Right, right. Um so most of my organization comes down to stuff like uh I have a giant whiteboard next to my desk um on which I effectively write markdown. Uh, which is not the greatest idea in the world ever, but it works in my brain. Um, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I I have uh, slews of uh, post it notes, sticky notes. I don't know whether you call them the same things we do. Uh, but, the, you know, the little, slightly larger than the credit card size piece of paper that, that mm-hmm. I will tend to make notes on whilst I'm talking to people and then attach those to the things that are on the whiteboard because I'm just slightly too far away to write the things on the whiteboard um <laughs> or it's where I need uh, I write on the sticky notes with with pencil um mm-hmm. the stuff that's on the on the whiteboard is is with whiteboard pen so you know right, there's a right. difference in size of of sort of stroke with that as well so mm-hmm. um uh, I will also write stuff Effectively, I just throw lots of different tools at a thing, uh, and I see what sticks for that particular thing that I'm trying to do. So, um, uh, with work stuff, I will tend to use, you know, ticketing systems, um, like, like Jira or whatever the ticketing system is for the various different, you know, repositories and stuff that I'm working with at the time. Uh, so I should clarify, I'm, I'm a currently a site reliability engineer for, for that ticketing company. Um, Woo-hoo, yay. Uh, or as uh, uh, a friend of uh, a friend of mine from the podcasting circuit in the UK referred to it as DevOps in hard mode. Um, oh, ain't that the truth, Martin Wimpress? Here's a drink for you. Um, <laughs> so yes, so um, uh, so I've been so most of the stuff that I do is is writing code in Terraform and TerraGrunt, uh, or it's in um, Puppet, or it's in Helm charts with Scaffold and stuff like that. Uh, so there's a lot of doing stuff in Git, uh, which obviously is a version control system. Uh, yep. And then there's wrangling that stuff in either the GitHub tickets and issues or, you know, the stand-ups that we have with work where, you know, priorities get decided upon as part of that. Yeah. Um, so largely the way that kind of... um you know i end up doing stuff is is effectively each uh, and i'm kind of jumping ahead to to question 4 a little bit but that's um, fine that's fine uh, effectively i will uh start my day by just kind of orientating myself on what the current fire is that needs putting out if there's a fire that needs putting out uh, and if there isn't a fire then it's kind of what what things have most priority for kind of the direction that the company's going in
0: at that moment in time yes You've just described the uh, the SRE life in probably the most succinct way possible, and uh, I am totally stealing that DevOps in hard mode quote. Uh, so you,
3: you have to attribute <laughs> it to Martin Wimpress, who's uh, he for for a while he worked for Canonical. Uh, he was the the guy that ran the um, the, the, the desktop project. He now works uh, for companies doing uh, stuff with the Nix um, distribution. Okay. So yeah, 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 but yeah. So he's uh he he was the one that came to use the uh, term DevOps in uh, in hard mode, uh, and it stuck. It stuck in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So
0: uh, the 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 one quote about it that I kind of wanted to yell at somebody about was uh, um, a former manager said, "All right, so we're going to put the E back in SRE, which essentially meant we're not hiring." admin people with high admin skills or other things we're just doing programming. And I'm like, that is not how you do this. No. And he wasn't with the company for very long after that. Strangely enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, nice guy. Just maybe expected a lot more from our group. Cause there are things you cannot simply engineer your way out of. And that's always the first response of someone who goes straight into, you know, is like hard. We can program our way around this. No, no, you can't. I wish we could, but we can't, you know? Yeah. So, um, and of course that also meant that, you know, shells, people who were conversant in shell, that's not real programming. And I wanted to also reach through and scrabble, s- strangle for that. But you know, that's, that's, that's a whole other set of biases. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, oh wait, let me put in a content warning here for extreme geekery um, <laughs> oh i've not heard that I've not heard that content warning before okay, uh yeah, no, I just made it up um, <laughs> um yeah this is this is uh incredibly this is this is what I do I mean yeah, basically yeah. on a day to day basis, although I'm uh lucky that right now I am able to focus on a single thing when I'm not putting out fires and doing you know, when I'm not putting out fires, I have one thing that I can focus on. Um, So I'm incredibly lucky on that right now.
3: Yeah. So again, uh, much like you, you know, I have, Mm -hmm. I have a large project that is kind of the bulk of my focus. And then, you know, there's a handful of Slack channels that I sit in and, you know, you, you occasionally have to answer a question or deal with a thing and it might put you back for 10, 15 minutes or maybe an hour um and i work in a yeah. team of uh, i'm i'm very blessed uh having worked mm-hmm. for companies that are not quite like this the team that i'm in is um mm-hmm. uh the one guy that i worked with referred to as being very low on testosterone which is not to say that the people that i'm working with are uh don't identify as male it's more that um uh i've worked in some teams where you walk in and everyone wants to prove just how large their dick is. Yes. Um, And (sighs) there is, I I can see particularly in some of the the teams that I've worked in, uh, if you've got somebody that comes in with that attitude early on, even if they've left, but it kind of breeds Mm -hmm. a culture uh, where, yep. You have to, to get your point across, mm-hmm. you have to be the loudest, the most annoying, the most... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...whatever. And and unfortunately, that permeates. And um, the team that I'm in now, we're quite a small team. We're an incredibly diverse company, uh, which was uh, fantastic for me when I started there. Um, uh, the team I'm in... You kind of go in and you say, "Look, I'm having a problem with this thing," and everyone's like, "Oh, what can I do to help?" You know. Oh, yes. The reason we made that choice, you know, six years ago was because of blah instead of foo. You know. And I'm like, "Okay, brilliant." Where's the documentation yeah, yeah. about that? And they're like, "Documentation? What's this thing?"
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which you know, lots of lots of uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of institutional knowledge. Um, and I'm having this this funny experience where now. Um, this tells you how fast our growth has been in the last couple of years. I've, I just hit year four and realized that now I'm one of the experts in institutional knowledge because Mm. I've been there longer than a lot of the people who are asking those questions. And I know the answer because either I was there for the (laughs) decision or someone who's no longer here explained to me why that decision was made seven years ago and why it hasn't changed. And so, so there is a tool
3: that I've used Mm -hmm. to help with that sort of stuff. Um, And uh, so uh, I came across a blog post, I want to say six years ago now, um, that uh, a team in, so in the UK, a team called GDS was stood up, which was the government digital Mm -hmm. services team. And they were stood up basically. uh, So a lot of the work that I'd been doing uh, most of my career until this, recent company uh i worked a lot with uh local and central government teams uh most of those projects have now gone so there's nothing that i'm talking about that is actually relevant anymore yeah, yeah so no nobody anyone that's listening to this that's thinking about taking me out back and you know performing five dollar crypto um crypto um you know the rubber hoses and the yes. you know the don't don't bother with that because none of it's relevant anymore um but um, uh, GDS was stood up basically to change the way that um, government departments were doing IT, um, and mm-hmm. a lot of them came from a team at uh, a UK media publication called The Guardian. Um, so, yeah. so they they came in with a very different mentality from a lot of civil servants, uh, but they came in with a very cloud first mentality you know uh, a very you know code is king kind of way of looking at things it's not so much about um it's more about getting the thing it's it's the agile kind of the the true agile way yeah. of doing things you know getting yeah, things yeah. done rather than getting the the documentation written you know not so the the not the documentation then getting the spec written you know it's the getting things right. done in a short space of time and seeing what works and getting rid of it if it doesn't work um and one of the things that gds uh, were doing was they used a thing called architectural decision records or adrs um and an architectural decision record is a four paragraph long document stored in version control um usually written in markdown and it basically says Oh, effectively says, what was the decision? What was the context around the decision? What was the outcome of the decision choice? And what are the consequences Mm -hmm. of that? It's effectively four questions. Dead simple. Um, and what you do is over time, you know, so, um, uh, I wrote this up in a thing for the company I was working for at the time as, you know, um, uh decision record number one uh we will use azure uh because right uh because it's uh, you know we're most comfortable with using microsoft products architectural decision record two: um the google um salesperson took us out for a better court round of golf uh and so we've now switching our choice to um to to google uh this um uh Oh, I can't remember what the proper term is now for it. But effectively, this this supersede that's it. Supersedes um, architectural mm-hmm. decision record one. And um, there were some tools that I found at the time. Um, there was a thing called ADR tool um, that makes life a little bit easier for that. I uh, having uh, so I tried to propose this methodology to people mm-hmm. at work, and they said this is a tool that's written in Bash. We're a Windows house. This doesn't work for us. Um, uh, So I uh, basically said, look, this is just creating markdown files. You can do whatever you want with this. Um, But Mm then it was around about that point that I was actually looking for a new job and kept finding that people were saying, you don't really know how to code because at the time I was a network security specialist. Um, So I tried to find the person that had written ADR tool and found that they were no longer receiving pull requests on their, on their (laughs) project. Of course. Um, So I rewrote it Uh, first. Oh, well, there we go. First in JavaScript. uh, And then found that JavaScript requires an awful lot of uh, uh, framework to go with it. So then uh, rewrote it in. Now, was it, was it Rust? Rust. Yeah, I think it's Rust. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah it's definitely rust uh and so this is so i've uh, got approval from the people that I was working for at the time and they said yes you can release this open source software it's not helping us anything so that is actually under a github repo called decision records um so um decision records is a single binary that you can just run on windows mac linux whatever um and it will just produce these markdown files and will do all I the internal this. linking that it'll do. Mm-hmm. So you can say, this is, this is changed state from being proposed to approved, or this supersedes that one, or this is linked to that one, or this partially replaces that one. And you can do all this kind of linking and joining. The only thing that I don't think the decision record tool that I wrote did that the ADR tool did, um, was that that one would produce, uh, dot, dot viz graphs to show oh, yeah. all the linking. I figured I didn't really need that much level of stuff, but yeah. So um, decision mm-hmm. records is yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. That's out there that might might be useful to
0: people. Um, so yeah, yeah. No, I know what I'm looking up on Tuesday when I go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> put that put that in my. Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me break out the bullet journal. And put that in as a uh, as a thing to do on Tuesday <laughs> when I'm reviewing my things for the week. Uh, there we go. Because and, and I'm going to send it to to uh, the team that is actually responsible for kind of all of that stuff. Have you seen the tool Backstage yet? No. Um, so what Backstage lets you do is track things like this is the team who's responsible for this tool, where it lives, all that sort of thing. And then we'll start tracking the dependencies of tools <laughs> internally. Um And uh, it's something we've been implementing because, you know, I'm the capacity team. We have things, but then other teams are dependent on them. And so we can just put into, we can add a record in backstage that says, here's the repository. Here's the, you know, source code repository for it. So that, you know, here's the team that's responsible. And now instead of having to go around, well, who actually owns this thing? We actually have records of it. And That's really history. interesting
3: because I was talking to yep. my boss about mm-hmm. specifically this thing uh, yesterday. <laughs> so it uh, looks like I've got an equal tool to pass back to him. Um, but so um, one of the things that I tend to do um, whenever I start looking into new projects or tools or things like that um, mm. is I will typically, when I come across something, I'll write a blog post about it. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so And it's it's kind of my... <sighs> even if the thing that I've written literally just says uh, this is something to go and read, go and look at this thing over here. Um, but so I, I kind of write, I, I will write a blog post um, partially because um, everyone's aware of the phrase, you know, we, we we'll stand on the shoulder of giants. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I stand on the shoulder. Uh, if I, if I see further, it's because I stand on the shoulder of giants. Um, the thing that people tend to fail to realize with those sorts of statements, um, particularly when you're talking to people that haven't kind of been doing open source style stuff for as many years as, uh, definitely myself and probably you as well. Um, oh yeah. Um, is that each of those giants that we're talking about, it's, it's not that they're necessarily bigger personalities or bigger people or they've had more intelligence or more knowledge, but they in turn are standing on the shoulder of giants. And so it's not that you're standing on one sho- one shoulders of giants or two or three or five. You're standing on an entire giant pyramid of them. Um, and I figure that if I've come across a document or, a, you know, if I've come across a, a problem that somebody else has, hasn't found, um then uh, there's an x k c d comic about you know I've never felt as lonely as the the guy that wrote in you know five years ago that they were miss that you know they'd had this problem and they never posted an answer,
0: right, and they never got an answer, yeah, 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 so that's
3: basically <laughs> the reason that I write these blog posts is not necessarily mm-hmm. because um I've got the right answer. Or I've found the right thing, but I'm giving the next person that comes along a fighting chance to not have to do all the same research that I did. And if that gives them a solution, yes. then so much the better. But if it if it just gives them a stepping stone to finding something else. Um anyway, that's a really long-winded version of saying for more information about all the decision record stuff. I have got yeah, like yeah. three or four blog posts about it and I'll send you the links <laughs> to this afterwards.
0: Well yeah 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 I mean we're going to get we we will get links to your blog at the, the end of things anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. So yes. Um so yeah. Um yeah. Any other tools in there? I mean we've got post-it notes, we've got the the whiteboards. Do you have a particular brand of whiteboard marker you like? I know everybody's like what about, you know, oh, the pen, this kind of pen or that kind of pen, but I'm actually finding there's a difference with, like, whiteboard markers. No,
3: no. Um, no. So, okay. um, up until... So, the not the last company I worked at, because that was fully remote. The company mm-hmm. before that, um, the whiteboards were all provided by the company, they were in the company offices. Um, when the pens ran out, you went and bothered right, right. facilities management. Uh, when I first started working from home, gotcha. I bought two sheets of vinyl white plastic stuck them to the wall (laughs) they that lasted amazingly right up until the point my wife said let's use it i want we want to use that as our our bedroom now can you move your office somewhere else and i peeled the white the vinyl off the wall and half the uh, half the plaster came down with it that didn't Mm. go down very well um so i was then without a whiteboard for mm, i'd say probably two years um, yeah. until I finally kind of broke down, uh, when I started this new job and I said to my wife, I just can't, I can't visualize all the interlinking dependencies
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: in my head on paper. There's just too many moving parts. And she's like, why not just get a whiteboard then? So I'm like, okay, brilliant idea. I'll get a whiteboard and then <laughs> ended up buying the largest whiteboard you could get on Amazon. And I was shocked to find it was longer. Than, oh, yeah. It was longer than I am tall. And I was just like, um, you know, the phrase from Jaws about, you know, going to need a bigger boat? Um, yeah. I felt, I, I felt like I'd just come in after that conversation and they'd bought a one. They bought a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so no, I have no, I, I buy the cheapest whiteboard pens there are going because Mm -hmm. frankly, if it doesn't work well, I will throw it out and get a new one. Um, And I will just go through pens as I need them. Um, The one thing that I do occasionally have a thing about is um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Sharpies. Um, And that comes from one of the guys I worked with um, uh, when I was working for a large solutions integrator. Um, Our team uh, had – I I had one last meeting. So I was I joined mm-hmm. the team just before a guy left. We had one ah, yes, yes. one last meeting where we were both in the room with each other. Um and he made every sheet of paper that he drew like so like even just the words had mm-hmm. shading when they were important words. <laughs> so he would do like the the word the with a black, with a black pen, you know, bubble bubble black pen, and then he would take a red pen mm-hmm. and he would just do like the shading for the shadows, for the for the letters. It took him like an extra thirty seconds, but it meant it drew your eye to that thing. So when yep. when I it, and it just kind of did a thing for me. So that if if there's a word on a on a post it note or even on the whiteboard, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's really key. Uh-huh. It has two colours to it, so it means that I have a, a a little pen pot um next to my whiteboard and one next to one on my desk um the one on the on the whiteboard contains all the whiteboard pens and I've got like five or six different colours there uh the one of the the one mm-hmm. on my desk has got five or six um automatic pencils you know the ones that are just like the big ones that have just got like a little rubber on the end and they're nothing but they're great yep. pencils. Um, that's my post-it note, normal stuff, and then four or five colors of sharpies for just when it needs to be more specific. I know you're a big gotcha. pen nerd. I'm afraid I can't talk. Oh, about... have
0: I got have I got something for you? Then um, have you seen these? This little basket I have right here. Mm-hmm. It has it has magnets. It's made to stick to your magnetic whiteboard to hold your pens. Ooh. Okay. That's another thing I'm looking Got it for. Not Amazon. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, here's here's yeah, here's here's just what it looks like full, and I have a whiteboard right. Well, I can actually turn the camera for you, but you can see I have the a whiteboard over here with all my magnetic stickies from from Movers, and I just you know just click it there, and it just sticks until the cat comes by and throws it on the floor for me because Sergey. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, magnetic pen holder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I also have the, the the grab bag of things that are handy by my desk right here, which currently has uh, mostly fountain pens, but also a straw. And uh, I'm using a Guartiki mug for it because it's big, it's heavy, it fits perfectly in the clamp-on cup holder I have on my desk, and that way the cat can't throw it on the floor.
3: So the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the pen pot that I use actually... Uh, mm-hmm. Has a has a little sentiment, well, it's a mildly sentimental story for me. Um, I mm-hmm. organised, uh, and I was one of the organising team for uh, a bar camp that is run was run by um, a series of UK podcasters for a few years, um, and mm-hmm. then they moved on to other projects. Didn't have time for it. The community took it over, and I was one of the organisers for um, Og Camp,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: so okay. so named because Og obviously is a audio file encoding. Mechanism, so it was a bar camp for people that listen to org files anyway um and so i organized one of these and uh i was really super keen on kind of making sure that the diversity and inclusion for these events was was yeah, up yeah. high and um i'd i don't know what it was but i'd heard someone talking about how lots of conferences that were mostly male driven had Kind of nothing really set up for women at all. So it's just like, you right. know what? And I'd heard, of, I'd heard, of, um, one of the things that was g- happening quite a lot at the time in the UK was there was this big focus on kind of women taking in products for mm-hmm. menstrual cycles and stuff like that. And they wanted to right, make right, sure right, right. that, um, you know, nobody had to go into a toilet and not have the things that they needed there, whether it's pads yeah, or yeah. tampons or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, when we were organizing this conference, I'm like, Do you know what? I'm just going to walk into the shop and buy, you know, a pack of everything and just stick it in. I've got nothing to stick it in. So I looked around and I found these pencil pots. And so I bought four of yep. these pencil pots, stuffed them full of sanitary products. Uh, asked, one of, asked one of the female crew if they could stick them in the toilets for them because I thought it was a bit awkward me going in and going into the ladies' toilets just in case. they yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, so and then... Came out from the, from this event and I was like, oh, I was talking to one of the previous organizers who was a lady. And I was like, oh, had this brilliant idea, stuck a load of female sanitary products in there. She's like, you know, we used to do that before you came along, don't you? I was like, ah, uh, I didn't know. Oh, well, at least I'm doing it as well. She's like, yes, at least you're doing it as well. Thank you very
0: much for trying. At least you're doing it as well. Yes, 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 yes.
3: yes. Um, but yeah, so, so I now have that as my pen pot, uh, for my mm-hmm. desk because it just reminds me that, you know, inclusion and, kind of welcoming this doesn't always necessarily need to come from a place of standing up and shouting about it. And it's just, it's just make it's the little things as much as the big things that are key and important. Um, Right. And that's often particularly working in IT, particularly in longer running IT firms. Oh yeah. Um, uh again, testosterone parties are fairly common, very common. Um, you know. Yes. So it's just a nudge now and then to remind me not to be mm-hmm. quite not not to I try really hard not to be uh one of those guys and it's just a reminder every now yep. and then, just in case I'm becoming one, to stop being one. So
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, no 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 no. I, I think it's important. And I think it's also important kind of to to step back when organizing things like that and not do the women in X panel so that you can check the box, Mm. right? Because there's so many other things, but like I'm at a horror convention, uh, uh, last month and there was, you know, the, the women in horror panel, like, you know, okay, this is like a boilerplate there, you know, women in technology, women in open source, like, yeah, no, there already are women in, we, we, we've had the same panel for the last 10 years. Can we come up with something new? Thank you. Or rather than having that, here's, here's our, for lack of a better term, token panel covering it. Let's just invite speakers who are from underrepresented groups, and just not make a big deal about it. That's one of the things I love about All Things Open is... Uh, are you familiar with All Things Open? I'm aware uh, of it. I've uh, never but, been to it, but yeah, I'm aware of it. Oh, you should come. It's it's I, I haven't missed one yet. They have a day that's dedicated to inclusion and diversity and open source. And then the rest of the event is just like, yeah, no, they're showing their stand on it by who they have speaking, not by having to stand up and hold up a sign. Most of the inclusion and diversity track on the one day is about how to do it not look not you know these standing up here are women in open source who have problems right or here's the challenges they overcome it's you know it's much better that way and um uh You should come over for the the event. I'd offer you space in the house, but uh, it's already taken for this year. So, um, no, it's a fantastic event. I love it. I I, I haven't missed one yet. I would
3: love to. I I have a little problem of, of, uh, you know, a wife and two children. Uh, So, when I was working for my previous employer, um, Mm -hmm. I spent so long working away from home, even though I was technically a remote worker, that my daughter actually asked me if I had a second family in London at one point, which...
0: um, (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's okay
0: yeah yeah Um,
3: that one's stunned a bit i have to admit
0: yeah no that's uh yeah i'm away so much that yeah no um all right we've been through tools we've been through a whole bunch of processes uh there before we ask about are there any habits that are particularly valuable are there any other tools you're using or, or things you know that that help keep you on, I'm guessing, you know, you are part of the usual run of, you have a calendar, you have email, you have, and, and those are, you know, drivers. Um.
3: So frustratingly, actually, um, mm-hmm. uh, as much as I wish that we had a unified household calendar, um, mm-hmm. what we have is I have a calendar that I have on my phone computer that is technology-based. And then, mm-hmm. my wife has a wall calendar that she plans for the you know more than six months you know six six to eight weeks plus on, and then yep. she has a desk diary that she keeps up to date with what's going on around her work because we both are full full time mm-hmm. employees
0: yeah
3: yeah um, and she cannot make her head work around a technology system for keeping the calendar up to date. I cannot work around a paper system very well. So what we get is every, every couple of weeks we'll kind of do this half, half-assed sync of what I've got versus what she's got. And sometimes it works and more often than not, this is why I, when people say to me, Oh, what are you doing this weekend? My response is whatever I'm told to, um, which is not, yeah, great, no, but no, no. you know, um,
0: it, um, Yeah, it took me a while. I finally have um, Ursula's like, yes, I'm using this thing on my... uh, She had finally shifted away from a wall calendar in her studio because she's not in her studio anymore. She goes out to write. She doesn't need to sit and draw all day long or any of that stuff. Um, So she had shifted to doing it on her iPad and her phone, and I'm like, well, how are you doing that? She says, well, I, I, I don't know. I just it just linked with my email thing and i'm like and you're on gmail now so oh my god that means we can actually share calendars so <laughs> she was sort of drawn in by necessity and it flowed from there yeah. <laughs> but i remember no yeah the first couple years uh, for several years we were together just be like what has she got going on what trips have we got coming up and i have to go upstairs and take down her calendar and put it all into my phone and yeah no i know how that, mm. that that sync works.
3: <laughs> um, so what else, what else do I use? Um, I mm-hmm. used for a short while Moniker HQ, um, which is, uh, it's, it builds itself as being uh, a CRM for your fam, for your relationship, your personal relations. Uh, so I stuck in there cause I'm rubbish at keeping in touch with family members. I, I live
2: right.
3: uh, around about two, three hours away from my brother about two hours away from one aunt and about six hours away from another. Um, And I'm just absolutely rubbish at keeping in touch with them. So I basically put in a reminder that was not a calendar reminder that pings me by email to say, you haven't spoken to these Mm -hmm. people yet. And you said you wanted to speak to them every six weeks. Um, It's not quite a perfect tool. Um, So there's no way of saying snooze this or anything like that. It's literally just a... And it also doesn't recognize if you go into it and say, I've just spoken to this person, it doesn't reset the timer then. So it's just a – it's like a a, a six-weekly calendar entry. But it's just a – it's a separate thing that reminds me that I've not spoken to them. Um, What else do I use? I I use Hugin, um, which is a bit like a Mm -hmm. self-hosted version of If This Then That. Um, Yeah. Uh, so I use that for um, – uh, I don't use it so much anymore. I used to have um, Tiny, Tiny RSS, TTRSS, uh, that I used to read yep. all my stuff in. And I would – when I favorited something in there it or stuck it in the right thing, it would create a blog post, a draft blog post for me going through Hugin um, that basically said, yep. this one's one that people might want to read. Um, then I mm-hmm. – had a couple of unpleasant experiences with the TTRSS community and so stopped using it. And all the T all the readers I've used since then haven't quite had the same workflow. Um, So then it was being used to auto post my blog posts to Twitter. uh, And then the API changes Mm -hmm. came. So that doesn't work anymore either.
0: Um, (sighs) I know, I know I'm, I'm having, this was the first week, and for those of you listening, it is the uh, the week of episode 303, where since the API changes, I actually went in to manually post this week's episode with the links and all that stuff, and somewhere the automation had actually done it, and this hasn't happened for months and months, and I'm like, what the hell? Um, flip side is that apparently it didn't get posted to the Facebook page. So I'm like, oh, of course not. Mm. So now I, you know, I'm like, now I have to go through and figure out how to redo all of the the social postings because obviously Jetpack is not doing what it's supposed to do, and it, yeah, no, it's.
3: See, the sad thing the is,
0: thing.
3: about twelve years ago, um, I was involved in trying to organize um a series of. Uh, user group style communities uh one particularly for a hack space that we were setting up in in the manchester mm-hmm. area um and i came really close to writing uh, a tool which we called well on paper at least was called giant robot because it would organize all of the mm. here's here's what you need to do to run the next meeting so it would be the you know have you sent out an invitation to the speaker yet have you blah 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 yeah, have yeah. you done this have you and then we'd do the you know Create the thing on whichever ticketing system we were using, and then would do the, you know, uh, you've uh, if you liked this event, please can you favourite it on such and such? That we we used joined in, I think it was, which was a thing for yeah. rating. And I I'd, I'd written, you know, probably probably about a third of the the stuff for it, and then I got to the making posts on social media platforms, and I just realised that that was Ugh. a dreadful, horrible, sticky mess that was never going to get oh, yeah. it any better and i just thought yeah it's not worth it and just shut the whole
0: project down um honestly i the one that i keep going back to because it has all the tools and it's everybody's like oh i can't believe you use this it's it seems so whatever but node red with its drag and drop, and put your connection, and once you set in the creds, the community has already done all of the hard work, and now you're just like, okay, I've added credentials, here's what I want to post, I've got the thing doing the translate, and it's just like, yeah, except, you know, again, API changes, they're all, some are broken, some are not, and it's like, I have to go through and find them all again. Um, But yeah, no, it's like automating the watering of the chickens on the weekends. That's a Node-RED workflow, because why would I write a whole you know all this other stuff, when I can just say, "Yes, take this, take this information from Home Assistant, make this call back in, turn this on, wait, turn that off, turn this on," you know that sort of thing. Uh, you um, mentioned Home Assistant. Oh, Home Assistant
3: is huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm playing. I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling around the edges of uh, of using Home Assistant. Uh, I, I managed in the most recent set of home improvements we did. I convinced my wife to let us put in Wi-Fi connected switches for the lights
0: oh uh, yeah
3: uh and and now all i need to do is is figure out actually what kind of schedule works for that because obviously as as we had that done uh at least in the northern hemisphere we started coming in towards summer and all the night times get shorter and oh so, yeah yeah so you don't need too much automation mm-hmm. around uh around switching lights on at night um which is a bit frustrating because that was part of the reason that i wanted to
0: have this lot in there was so i could i didn't have to do that i i mean most of most of what we did it for was for uh, for uh, voice command, and so that you know, again, Apple Home Assistant will talk to HomeKit, yay! Um, so I can actually things like I don't have to get out of bed; I can just grab my phone and click a button on my phone to turn off the bedroom, or turn on the TV, or that sort of thing. You know, that for me, that's where the convenience is, not in the you know. Or I can just yell at it, "Hey." assistant, turn off the turn off master bedroom. None of them are listening in here. And it does. Or it turns on the lights, turns off the lights as, you know, it was needed. So, um, yeah. One of the
3: podcasts that I listened to for quite a while uh, referred to those as Lady Cylinders.
0: That's, um, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, All-male um, podcast
3: podcast team. Yeah. Um
0: <laughs> I mean, I will admit that the first thing I do when I get my new phone and it resets all my settings for me is go in and say okay, please use the Irish female voice instead of the standard American voice for the voice assistant. (laughs) Just because I like the accent better. Um,
3: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Um, But yeah, we're we're, we're, uh, in fact actually saying that um, uh, mm -hmm. I use um, the Amazon products, voice assistant products and i yep. got a notification on my phone just yesterday that said did you know that uh, the amazon uh, voice assistant um can turn your lights off when you start snoring near it what and i was like wait what now
0: i yeah uh, for for us yes we have a large deployment of the amazon devices around the house and honestly i'm like trying to mentally switch to another one because of the advertising. Like the constant, um, hey, here's a new book from someone that's similar to a book you read by someone else. Do you want me to read your chapter? No. Uh, hey, it's about time to reorder this. Do you want to reorder that? Uh, no, I'm I'm not actually out yet. Hey, uh, you know, this package has arrived. By the way, did you know we can also do this? No, I don't care. Do you want me to set this up now? No. 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 Stop.
3: Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, I did hear and again it's anecdotal um and it's mm-hmm. again from another podcast where they they were implying that um so Amazon recently laid off quite a lot of the team that are responsible for for that product
0: oh yeah yeah
3: um and they said that effectively the problem is that um Amazon allegedly were hoping that um the product would uh, get a lot more people buying things through the product. But what most people do with the product is set a reminder. Yep. Uh, do an alarm, play music.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: Um, so all this investment into large, large language models and, you know, fully understanding, you know, what sort of, to be fair, you know, we got the music subscription because I want to be able to put play play a song and it actually play the song. Uh, I want to be able to play it in more than one room at once. Yep. Um, and I want to be able to join my various Amazon Music products to um uh, uh, assistants together, to be able to have mm-hmm. to walk through the, the entire ground floor of the house and have the same music playing everywhere. So I've I've bought right. a few of the subscriptions um yeah we yeah. use the fire tv product for you know watching all of our mm-hmm. streaming content um but yeah we don't the probably the, the 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 thing it's most used for in our household is when my wife and mm-hmm. i are in the kitchen and we go oh we just run out of such and such add it to the shopping list so the yep. next time next time yep. my wife or i are out at the shops it's like oh yeah we're out of uh you know Toffee popcorn. Oh, we need to get some of that in. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. uh, Well, uh, for me, it's, I, there are some things that were hard to find for a while, and I could only order, you know, I could order like a 12 pack of canned, sorry, tinned, um, cut baby corn. Right. Uh So, 12 cans of cut baby corn. I couldn't go to the grocery store and buy it. Because the grocery, like the local grocery stores, just didn't stock it. You had to go to like the Asian grocery store, store or something for it for a while. So I was just like, okay. And then now though, um, it's like, yeah, it's been a week. Why are you asking me if I want to order more? You should know I only use two cans a week, and I just bought how much? And okay, stop, stop. <laughs> I, I
3: started playing with um, another product, another tool called um, Grossy. Um, yes. And I really frustrated my wife. So when I, when I left my last place of employment, uh, mm-hmm. I had about a month between leaving that job and starting up my next job. Um, and yep. obviously because I, I wasn't working, uh, my wife gave me a booklet of jobs to do. I I'd like to say a list, but it was a literal booklet. It was like five, a four sheets of paper <laughs> folded in half and written. Anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, And one of those jobs was clean all the cupboards and sort out everything, all the kitchen stuff.
2: Yeah. And I thought,
3: perfect. I will go through and I will grossy everything Mm -hmm. in the kitchen.
0: Everything, yes.
3: And so this job that I suspect my wife was expecting was going to take me a day, took me about three. Um, She wasn't particularly impressed with me about that one. And afterwards she said to me, "Um." Are you expecting me to be using that product you're using as well? And I said, no. It's an experiment. I'm trying it out to see, firstly, how easy or difficult is it for for me to put stuff in, yeah. And then, what benefit does that bring me? Does it actually give me anything useful? And then, once I understand that, then I'll ask you to use it. And she said, because you know that all the information that's in there. We're now a week afterwards. 30% of it at least is out of date. And I'm like, (laughs)
2: yeah,
3: this this product's dead to me. Um, If you're the sort of person that has a household of eight people, six people, I can see where having uh, a better handle on inventory is useful.
0: I yeah, no, we tried it during the pandemic when we had Shepard and Liz and my son living with us, and there were five of us, and we were rotating through whose turn it is to go well no, um because Ursula doesn't cook, just period exclamation point. Um Ursula's job was the grocery run, and I was like, every week somebody needs to be doing, you know, at least do a refresh inventory on what we have and what we need for the next week. The problem is the only technical person in the house was me. Yes. And so it, I mean, it fell down in the, I just had to know how much was available. And then it was like, yes, just fill out, yeah, put it in a Google doc, use your phone, put it in notes. I don't care. Just get me the list. I'll get it updated. And, you know, we'll build the list from there at requests for special things. And then, you know, Liz moved out, Shepard moved out mostly and my kid went off to college and I'm like there's two of us and i we don't need to be keeping you know a month's worth of you know dried spaghetti in the pantry just in case you know so mm. that and the mice got into the garage and uh, ate a whole bunch of ramen noodles so that's not good <laughs> um yeah so i mean
3: again mm-hmm. i'm I mentioned before I don't have the greatest organisation skills in the world ever, but what I do mm-hmm. is I will do little experiments, um, and I will try stuff. So I tried bullet journaling, for example, didn't stick for me, which is fine. Yeah. And actually, yeah, your your advice on this podcast about how systems that mm-hmm. don't work—it's not that they don't work for you; it's that you didn't. Your you, it didn't work in your specific lifestyle. It's not that the system doesn't right. work. Um, yeah. And that's that's fine, um, I tried grossy. It was a very public trial of it, and and it didn't work <laughs> um but i mean I, I'm the same with with Hugin, which I mentioned before. I'm the mm-hmm. same with yeah, yeah, you know, Monica. I will try stuff because I'm desperate to not be to not be a burden, I think in the household mm-hmm. um and you mentioned before about how not everything needs a technical solution. Uh, and unfortunately, my, yeah. because because I am quite technical, my <laughs> first response is quite often, "Let's try throwing some code at it," and then afterwards go as the only technical person in the house. This doesn't work for everyone else. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, it's a lesson I had to learn the hard way, um, and not just in my personal life, but in at work as well. As like, no, you you cannot you know, uh, what was it? Uh, we had the the one company I was working, with, working for where they decided, this was in the early days, we're going to implement DevOps. And that didn't mean a partnership of developers and operations. That didn't mean, you know, operational doing more development. It meant that development was going to be the operational team for their product. And I'm like, okay, we're here if you need help. But they were all... Oh no 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 no! We're smart people. We're smart engineers. We know how to do this. And then they couldn't send email. Their email was getting rejected by Gmail in large swaths. And they came to us. They say, "Why are you making our email fail?" And then we said, "We're not making your email fail. Tell me how you're sending email." And um, the, their solution was to take all of these cloud instances at you know the big cloud provider, install Post postfix on all of them, which is the mail daemon, for those of you who don't know, the mail sending program, and then send mail directly from each and every one of them. Just, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And we had to explain to them that this is, okay, this is great for a single thing and one person. Let us show you how you get mail delivered in the modern age. (laughs) Let us explain to you things like like DKIM records and preferred, you know, and these text these records you need and this and that. And in order to send mail, here is the place where you submit it because this is how it gets delivered. It's not that you can't do it that way. It's that you can't do it that way from a hundred machines all in the same block without being labeled spammers. Yes. Um, and it's not our fault. It's the spammers fault. But here's how you get mailed. But that was, that was the thing. It, it, it was, we can write, we can just go, Design a technical solution. We don't have to ask anybody. We don't have to uh listen to it, we're just going to go do it. Right. We have a technical solution, we will apply it without any thought towards is this the right way to do it? Is there policy? Is there politics? Is there something else involved that would cause problems? Mm. Um and I see this routinely, mostly around email, often around email, but email is like, it's like if you if we have to have that talk about email, that means we're probably gonna have to have that talk about other things
2: yeah right yeah. it's a good yardstick mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the canary in the coal mine as it were yes that, oh i see you're trying to you're trying to do this okay i know what what problems we're going to encounter in the future or at least the 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 general talk we're going to be having in the Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes um mm-hmm. um so, all right. So, we've talked about tools. We've actually touched on some of them. The habits that you find helpful or useful. Yes. Um, yes. Um, have we? Uh, what? What? What haven't we covered in that that list?
2: Um.
3: That is a very good question. <laughs> See again this lack of organization. I had planned to go through these. I've heard mm. I've heard other pod uh, other episodes you've had where someone's gone through yep. and they've written out the list of all the things they want to discuss, and right. that was my intention right up until about fifteen <laughs> minutes before this recording. And I was like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen today, is it?" So um, yeah, yeah,
0: not not systems no. and
3: habits. I don't think there's anything else. I think I mean, Markdown is a mm-hmm. massive thing for me. Uh, oh yeah, it just makes life so much easier. Um, in work, we um, we
0: use Obsidian. Um, oh God, really? You you use it in a in a group sharing? I mean, I'm used to using it in an individual setting, but never in sort of a group setting. That's interesting. So
3: there's a really interesting plugin we found, um, mm-hmm. which is called I'll find the specific name for it, but it's it's something mm-hmm. like Git Sync.
0: Oh yeah 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 okay yes i think it literally is git sync but yeah the the one that synchronizes to and from a git repo yeah so
3: what that gives us is um mm-hmm. uh every 5 minutes that you've made changes to a document mm-hmm. it does a git commit and push uh and then every 30 minutes it will do a git pull uh the team that i'm in is small enough that it doesn't it it means you're not that likely to be trampling on somebody else's toes um, mm-hmm. but also because it's Git and we all kind of understand Git. Um, mm-hmm. we know how to fix merge problems if they turn up. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> and so far they haven't, um, partially mm-hmm. because we're not great at doing documentation. Um, uh, yeah, myself yeah. And, and, a, and a former colleague that also worked for this firm as well. Um, we're probably because we've come from enterprise organizations where documentation is, is king and everything has to be oh, documented. Yeah. And, and we're now working for effectively what is a large startup um, who their key is getting the product shipped. Yeah. Um, and that's that's fine. But um, no, no. Uh, Nick and I quite often sort of have this, we have these private conversations which just go, why can't? I, I'm glad I don't work for that large enterprise anymore, but I really wish that, they did this thing that a large enterprise did, but getting to the, yep. it's, it's the whole, um, you can't put, a, an old head on young shoulders conversation.
0: Um, eh. uh, some, sometimes, uh, but there's also the, I mean, I worked for a government agency, um, as a contractor and, but like the one thing they did the best about of any place I have worked to date. And I know this sounds, strange coming from government, but it was the documentation for the on-call person. They understood that the person on call did not, it was not possible for the person on call to be an expert in every single system, in every single detail, so that if an error came up, they could just look at it and know, oh, I understand the system end to end and I know where the problem is. So they had written run books that were literally just like, okay, this is the alert. Here are the remediation steps. This is the other alert. Here are the remediation steps, right? Just boom, boom, boom. And it feels like every other group I've worked for has been like, here's the documentation. Before you go on call, read it all. And that way you'll understand how the service works and you can fix the problems. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, how many different services are involved? You're expecting me to have read and understand and retain the documentation for all of them? it doesn't work that way. You know, it doesn't, it just doesn't. And so I feel bad saying here's a point where the U S government is beating our asses. Why can't we be more like them? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, I was very fortunate in, in, in mm-hmm. all the roles that I've had, um, that have been technical roles and they've always been quite niche and quite specific yeah, yeah. roles. um, so, uh, typically, what what I found in the past was that it wasn't so much that you were looking for the documentation on how to solve that particular problem. It was what are the credentials to get onto that specific box. And once you're <laughs> yeah. on it, you can figure it out. But because that's what you do day in day out. But it's the getting right, onto right. the box in the first place that was the uh, was always the bugbear. So
0: I'm so happy we implemented teleport. Uh,
3: so the right. problem the problem that we had was that. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I've already mentioned that i I'd worked for a few government departments, we had multiple different access systems depending on what, which particular branch of central or local government Mm -hmm, you were mm -hmm. talking about. Um, And so that depended on, you know, how many terminal servers were you jumping through? Because it was never just Mm -hmm. one. It was always at least two, Um, you know, which, which, combination of um you know rsa secure id token and uh which password vault did you need to have and who set the password for that particular boxes um -hmm. i mean I, i ended up at one point writing an entire break glass credential system oh yeah I can't just really as, go into yeah. that because I've just
0: remembered. The, no, 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 the, no. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I, I get it. We, we actually, we literally had, at, at a prior job, we literally had our break glass credential system was literally a safe in one of the offices with a paper copy of the password that when we rotated, the manager would have to go open the safe, take it out, put in the new one, and close the safe, right? So
3: the policy that I... Wrote mm-hmm. and I'm not convinced it ever got picked up because it was just before I left that team. Which was <laughs> a effectively a hex table with mm-hmm. uh, about a third of the table was um, uppercase, uh, consonant, uh, lowercase no, uppercase consonant, uppercase vowel, uppercase consonant. About a third of the table was. Uh, lowercase consonant, lowercase vowel, lowercase consonant, and then about a third of the table was symbol number number, or number symbol number, or number number symbol, from a specific chain of symbols, that a manager would would generate a new one of those every three months.
0: I I was going to say, it it sounds kind of like the EFF password dice?
3: Possibly. Possibly.
0: Yeah. Well, we're... You literally, they give you, I think it's like 4D6, and you can go download a spreadsheet, and so you roll 4D6, and based on the numbers that come up, you go in the spreadsheet and find the pieces of the password Mm -hmm. and string it together. So, or maybe it's, I I have them here somewhere in a Ziploc baggie, just because, but just because, why don't I need another set of dice? And... (laughs) So, the outcome of that particular sheet... Um, Mm -hmm.
3: so if you logged into a box, you had to go into an access database. There's a reason for the access database, which effectively was with an access database, you have an atomic blob Mm -hmm. of data. Okay. That you can put on a laptop that you can take into a data center.
0: Ah, yes, yes. Okay. That's fair. Yeah.
3: Or that you can put in your laptop, and take it into the room that has the only network port for that content. Anyway, um, so so you open the access database, you Mm -hmm. push a button that says reveal password, and the next time you reconnect to the network, it would broadcast out to the management system that that password was looked at and who looked at it. So they then had seven working days to reset the password.
0: Ah, yes. Okay. But they then
3: got given the four or six character set of strings. Yeah. And the month of the most recent monthly rotation. So that you had effectively a way of changing the password to something that was unique. Yeah. But that, you had to have access to the paper system to know what that password oh, yeah. was. Anyway, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Extreme, no, geek- it's I, the extreme geekery. Uh, warning notice <sighs> yeah. is definitely uh, in play here. I'm very sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I just look at it now and say I look at all of the tools we have now around this and think to myself, you know, I'm surprised someone didn't come up with basically what one password's random generator or the Apple keychain, we will give you a complex, unique password. Like, you know, why those were so hard to get to in terms of acceptance. Um, but then again, those of us who are using our own digital password vaults uh, seem to be ahead of the curve on that because we already had more passwords than we needed or, you know, yeah, we thought we needed. And yeah. Um, all right. So I see it's getting dark by you. Yeah, it's fine. Finally. Yeah. No, no, no. So I was going to say, now that we've, uh, uh, let's roll over to, we started on what your schedule, on, on what a typical day looks like, right? Yep. At least for work. But I mean, are you, I'm guessing you're like me, you're not, you're not, are Are you the get up early, hit the gym, hit the shower, check your email, drink three pots of coffee and do that deep work before Signing on to email person. I hate those people. By the way, um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um,
3: I'm I'm a bit of a weird combination. So uh, mm-hmm. if if it was only me in the house, uh, mm-hmm. I would be up until four o'clock in the morning coding. Yep. I would then go to sleep and wake up at ten. Uh, prior to my eldest being born,
2: that was not
3: <laughs> yep. unusual. Uh, I I right. I hand wrote the code that built a music podcast that ran for 11 years exactly in that that system however yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. however my son was born and his body clock has got i mean i I don't know if you've ever read um there's a a series of books called jack reacher uh by I'm
0: i'm familiar but i haven't read them yet there is a a series uh, a tv series about him now and i'm just and i've heard really good things i just haven't read them yet
3: so the books are really good um the tv series was really it was a really good adaptation uh there was a single tom cruise film which yeah was not a great adaptation it was good it was a good story but it wasn't reacher anyway uh but one of the key elements to to the reacher stories Mm -hmm. is that jack reacher has an internal body clock that is very specific very accurate uh and right right it's when i was reading those books uh and i looked at my son who like clockwork literally like clockwork six o'clock every morning wake yep he's now 12 or thereabouts and every morning like clockwork six o'clock He's awake.
0: Um yep. That's my oldest.
3: So I had to kind of adjust my, my schedule somewhat to that. So I will still do possibly in, in a in a in a week. No. In a month, I will possibly do maybe six or seven nights where I go to bed at like one, two mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. And my wife always kind of rolls over and says something along the lines of, You just woke me up again. Oops. Um And Mm -hmm. that's about all that my body can cope with now of those. Um, I still will go. So I will typically. uh, So I get up at six o'clock or thereabouts uh, to get my son up. He has an hour bus journey to school every morning. So he has to be on the bus at seven o'clock. So my job basically is wake him up, come downstairs, do his breakfast, and then shepherd him out of the door when it's time to shepherd him out of the door. Um, I more or less will then go and start work. And I work until it's my daughter's turn to go to school. She goes to school for about eight o'clock. So I have about an hour's worth of work, which effectively is, um, uh, there's a military term called OODA, O-O-D-A, that I picked up from a book called uh, Analog Security. Uh, which is a really good book, um, mm-hmm. and that is an, a military thing, which basically is observe, orientate, decide, act. I'm paraphrasing. It might not be exactly that, but mm-hmm. that's, that comes from a thing that the I think the uh, U.S. Air Force kind of trained their fighter pilots. You observe what's happening. You orientate your either your work, your your mind, or mm-hmm. your kind of situation to whatever it is you're about to do you decide what you're going to do, and then you act. So that's basically that first hour. <clears throat> right. Um, And more or less, that is kind of how I do things. So I come online, I will have a quick right. check to see if there's any emails that are screaming at me. Um, I have a look through all the critical Slack channels. I will check my personal email, see if there's anything that's desperately urgent. And more or less, it kind of runs in that order. So it's work things first and then personal things afterwards, which sometimes gets me in hot water with my wife, but you know, it's not too bad. Um, so (laughs) I ooder my way through, through the, through the, through Mm -hmm. that thing, take my daughter to, to school. And more or less by that point, I know that it's either it's a fire putting out day, which so far I have had a grand total of one of those in the four months I've been there, which is good. Um, or if it's a, work on project stuff so far Mm -hmm. largely been work on project stuff um so i will then work more or less from then until our daily stand-up at 12 o'clock which is a really stupid time for a daily stand-up but it's it's to accommodate various time zones oh yeah yeah, yeah. um so come off that at at one o'clock lunch and then i then have an hour's worth of work, and then I have to go and pick my daughter up from school. So, um, so, yeah, I get most of my work done first thing in the morning, but that's because of necessity, not because of intent. Yeah. Um, uh. So then after my daughter comes home from school, um, mm-hmm. I then work until five, and then it's then whatever clubs my children have got on. Because at that point, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, my daughter – so if you um, – I don't know if you have the same thing in the US. Over here, we have Jack Jack Spratt and his wife. So Jack Spratt would eat no fat, and his wife would eat no lean. Um, this basically describes my son and my daughter. So my son – uh, is strictly you know academic through and through uh his favorite thing one one summer was to learn the period it was to learn pi which was many digits as he could <laughs> then it was it, it, it was how can i learn yes. how to do a rubik's cube then it was how many how many mm-hmm. things on the periodic table can i learn um my daughter is sporty so she is in uh football that's soccer for you lot um she does yes. basketball she um she does gymnastics she does swimming she uh is in uh, she's learning to sing you know she's doing physical things and my son is doing yes. mental things likewise my son is vegetarian and has specific sets of foods that he will eat and my daughter will eat meat and some vegetables, and so it's literally, they, if you put the <laughs> two of them together, they would be a perfect person. But and and they are perfect. Yeah, yeah, honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they no, no have, I agree, they you, have they you, have very good. different everything's. Um, so yeah, so between them, uh, most evenings are taken up. They go to bed somewhere mm-hmm. between eight and nine, depending on what's going on, and then my wife and I will have about an hour in front of the TV. At which point I will either then say I'm going to go and be geeky for a couple of hours, and she always says, "See you at two o'clock," um, or mm-hmm. we'll both go to bed. At which point I will then read probably for about an hour. Um, uh, can I just say, yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of your wife's work. Also a big fan of uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah KB Spangler's work, who I know you've had on here as well. Oh um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so. Um, mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, so then um but also Charles Stross as well, who I think you might you, you also maybe familiar with,
0: perhaps. Yeah. Um yeah, so um I I, I had a lovely yeah, I had a lovely sit-down with him at uh the um uh the post Hugo party in Dublin <sighs> mm-hmm. um over Guinness um on George's dime. This is this is why I always say we have to go to the post Hugo party because we're drinking uh George's money, George Martin's money. Right. Um but we, we had a great, you know, sit down and I've been I've been trying to get Charlie on for a while, but he is very busy and yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: Um, um but yeah, so I'll then read. Uh, so that's that's work days. So that's work days yeah, are fine. Yeah. Um weekends are a lot more flexible, surprisingly enough. Um, there's very little work that happens at weekends. Um, uh, about once a month, mm-hmm. as I said, I'll record a podcast, which typically starts at nine o'clock. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. the way that we record podcasts ultimately means that it's like 11 o'clock at least before we finish. Um, yeah, mostly yeah. because there's always one person that has technical issues, um, or who's forgotten that we're recording a podcast. Yep. Oh, yeah. Or, um, you know, uh, hadn't had uh, a last minute. Can you just take the dog for a walk that he wasn't expecting? You know, it's always one of those. Um, yeah, yeah. And then oh, yeah. and then being the the uh, uh, up until the last couple of podcasts, uh, I would then do all the show notes, which then meant again, one o'clock two o'clock in the morning that I would finish up. Um, uh, so that's as if that's about once a month. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's just. It's just, you know, whatever it is that's going on during the day. And then, uh, just it, there's, there's, as I said, very little work, very little productivity for, you know, yeah. in a typical sense of the word. Oh, yeah. But Um, it's, it's, it's productive insofar as I'm spending time with the oh. family, which, you know, is very important.
0: No, that's, that's, that's incredibly, incredibly productive. Okay. Your light just keeps coming on and off yes and on. And I can't tell if that's the, the light or, or if it's the camera auto sensing thing. It's the camera auto sensing.
3: If you give me two seconds, okay. I'll go and turn the light on over there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Take your time. Take your time. It's for those of you at home. It's 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 just like I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, it's dark and oh, it's light and oh, it's dark and oh, it's light and okay, uh, I'm not prone to seizures. Should I worry about that? Um, I'm back again.
3: Yeah. So, um, see, it's not quite as exciting as I need to go and let the chickens out or anything like that. You know, uh...
0: no, no. And I mean, it's it's still bright and I mean, because we're what four hours behind you or something like that right now. So yeah, they they I've already been out and given the chickens blueberries today, which is an exciting thing in and of itself. Mm. So. Chickens love blueberries, and if I throw a handful, they all go running. And then there's like someone will grab one and run away with it, so the others can't get it. Oh, that's, uh, You know, all that ooh. sort of thing. Yeah.
3: Sorry, because this is my yeah, yeah. as, as I mentioned, this is my wife's office, and she has a yeah. fan on that's up there, and I'm not sure whether that's going to come through on the on the podcast mic. So,
0: yeah, I, I no can't actually hear it. What I I can see it in the background, yes. and it's been on this entire time. Cause I've seen it on, in the reflection, it's just, uh, yeah, no. So yeah. Um, all right. So weekends, whatever happens that day, yes. that's, yeah, that's, that's us. I mean, in a lot, we have our routine, but that's really us, uh, on weekends. It's like, okay, we take stuff to the garbage dump. We get lunch. Maybe we take a walk around the park and then we come home and whatever needs to be done gets done. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, yeah.
3: Um, all right. Oh, and so, and the other thing is lunchtimes nearly always include uh, a board game. Um, we have a rather large collection of board games. Oh, yeah. 400 and
0: something plus. Okay, that's a large collection.
3: Yeah, I, wrote a, I, did a, I did a talk at a bar camp at one occasion about how we manage our collection of board games, at which point one person came up and said, that's brilliant, can I take a copy of your spreadsheet? Another person came up and said, have you seen this application? It will change your life. Uh, <laughs> neither of which were true, was, but you know,
0: I was going to say, it was the application that will change your life. The tracking system and board game geek. Um,
3: uh, no, they'd written something themselves, but it was, uh, it was, it was very specific to, so uh, when I say we've got 400 and something games, that's, that's every variant of every game we've got is listed. I had a, effectively yeah, a yeah. single Google spreadsheet that had it all in um and that was brilliant uh and i scored who'd won games and when the last time that game was played and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um uh the person that said have a look at our system um sorry can we use this for us for your system for our system then said things like um do you count uh three versions of the same game as the same game. And I'm like, no, the spreadsheet's not that good. Um, and then they said things like, okay, what about <laughs> expansions? How do you track that? Well, that's an extra entry. Right, okay. That doesn't work for us either. Right, okay. Uh, and then I tried the Board Game Geek one. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
3: and it was great, but um, that was around about the point at which my family basically said, you need to stop tracking us on this stuff because it's just making it not fun anymore. <laughs>
0: that's fair yes you should just let's just track the the number where the games are and the number so that I just don't buy an extra that's about it at that point yeah well I mean and that all
3: shook out from lockdown because we needed something to do in that first couple of weeks Mm -hmm. so uh, one of the things that happened around that point was my son decided (laughs) to put them all up like dominoes so all of our board games were laid out like dominoes around, around the floor of the house Fortunately, I was able to stop him from pushing the first one over. Um, but it literally, <laughs> yes. it literally went all the way around like where my office is now and then out onto the landing and then down a flight of stairs. And it was just like, okay, I think we, we, I posted that on, on, on Facebook and somebody who meant very well, but basically said, Oh, do you not think you should give some of these to a charity shop? At which point, uh, unfollow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no. I I mean, I I, I just look at it. The the problem for me was that one, there were so many games that were hard to get during lockdown, and so I'm like, ooh, this looks interesting, and this is new, and so I would get the Kickstarter, but then the Kickstarters didn't really start delivering until after lockdown was over, Mm. so now I have all these games, and it's just Ursula and I, and some of these are like, you know, War for Chicken Island is like a three, four-person game. Or War for Chicken Island, Dodo's Riding Dinos, and Um uh Kiwi Chowdown are amazing games. But it's like, yeah, that you need you need more than two people to play them. Mm. Um the the kind person who sent us our first copy of Wingspan, uh, thank you so much for that game. That game is brilliant. Um except you're familiar with Wingspan?
3: Uh, I have. So I was a, a member of a local board gaming group for a while, uh, and it came out a few times, but it was always when I'd committed to playing another game by that point. So
0: Yeah, well, um, it's a wonderful game. It has great mechanics, and if anyone is a bird watcher or really into birds, there will be a lot of yelling, and it's hysterical, about things that are on the cards that are not right about the birds. Like, that is not a, that is not a medium bird. That's a small bird. I don't know why you're putting it in there as a medium birder. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, when, which is why I haven't dared break out the European or the um, Oceana expansions, just because I don't know if I, if I'm ready to take on the, that's not right. That's not right. Uh, because <laughs> birders, birders
3: you know, yes everyone everyone's got their niche that some some might refer oh, to yeah. it as a kink but you know everyone's got their niche that they're they're specialized in it's particularly um obvious when uh when you look at politicians um because you will always find the person that spots the, all the wrong things like particularly working in IT as soon as you hear a politician oh, yeah. talking about anything to do with IT you realize that they know nothing about IT um but it's the same it's the same in every walk of life um uh, my dad used to quite famously say that in, in every group of people there will always be at least one asshole um you know mm-hmm. and and that's true in everything you know so Anyway. Oh, yeah. We've waffled quite a while. Although laughed. we've...
0: It is... <laughs> yeah, we, we have, but but it is... So, um, other than, you know, don't be that asshole, yes. which I think we've covered more than once, um, what is the best advice you've been given and or the best advice you'd give somebody else? Um, and a few different pieces of advice if you want, yeah.
3: So, um, I've already mentioned uh, about the, the, the standing on shoulders of giants. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a strong, strong believer in, uh, paying it forwards. Um, so, uh, and again, this is particularly around the open source side of things. You know, if you're involved in any sort of, um, free culture kind of communities, you'll see this an awful lot, you know, people will have a desire to, if they can't necessarily do something at that moment, they'll, they'll. I am guessing I'm guessing the Amazon man's just turned up.
0: Uh no, I think there's a squirrel with the bird. Uh, sure. uh,
3: yeah. Um yeah, so um I'm a <laughs> I've been a strong strong proponent of, you know, paying stuff forward. Um and and I think that shoulders of giants thing is a perfect kind of it goes hand in hand with that. You know, once you realize that um, the things that you know about and can help other people with will enable mm-hmm. them to go further and do more. Um, it's it's a really kind of powerful pair of things to consider. Um, so yeah, yeah so yeah. always um, it, it's been a thing pretty much all the way through, kind of my adult life. You know, if I've been in a position to help someone out with something, and they say, "Oh, how can I pay you back?" Pay it mm-hmm. forwards. There've been yeah, very, no, very few, no. very few times when I've not said, when when I've said, like, I kind of need that back, you know, or you know, pay me back as soon as you can, sort of thing. It's it's always, it's always, mm-hmm. always been, you know, help someone else. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, any other f- advice I've been given? Um, one guy that I worked with, um, and I don't know how relevant or useful this is to to your listeners, um, mm-hmm. said that um, try not to leave a job because of a boss, because bosses change. Um, you should leave a company because companies don't. Ooh. Now, I don't necessarily believe that 100%. Because I have seen yeah. organizations that have changed significantly when management has changed. But on the whole, mm-hmm. it's the managers that change the organization. So if you're leaving because of your immediate manager, then mm-hmm. they'll change. If they're if they're particularly bad or particularly, you know, detrimental to your health. Then yes, absolutely change. But you know, if you can, if you can wait, if, if you're in an organisation that it looks like your management changes every X number of months, then mm-hmm. just oh, yeah. try and wait it out. Um, particularly if you like working for you know with people or things. So I don't know. Again, I don't know whether that's a help or a hinder to people.
0: I, I, I you know, it it depends because there's also the saying: people don't leave companies; they they leave management. Yes. Um and the thing that I think people don't when when we just say these blanket things, it's like, no, it's a complex system. Yeah. And sometimes we think to ourselves, yes, the 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 manager may change, but what's the company culture that's feeding the managers in and what are the expectations? Yeah. Or what is the effect the management chain is having on the company culture that may that what is the, the changes they're influencing? I, I mean, yeah, I wholeheartedly left one company because after seven years and saying, I want to do other things and I want to do, you know, the, here's the direction I'd like my career to go. Um, They kicked the can down the road for two years of, Oh, well, if you want to do this, here's what you need to do. And I did that. And then, Oh, well um we don't have any positions, but you need X. And so I did X and they're like, well, you know, and I'm like, after two years of, be literally telling you i want to be somewhere i want to be i want to take a different career path and being told well maybe we'll have a position next year maybe we'll have a position next year um while i'm telling you that you know the job i'm doing is literally burning me out and whatever no i'm going to leave because you've given me no indication that i'm ever going to change you know that i'm ever going to be able to get that opportunity um, this was also the one that when, you know, my manager got on the phone with me to say, can I talk you into, you know, can I talk you into stay, s- staying, I said point blank, no, this job is literally killing me, let me tell you how, mm. you know, <laughs> and I literally had that same conversation with the VP that had been there for about a week, and I'm like, I'm calling you to tell you, here's the situation, here's why I'm leaving the company, here's why, why I'm now on high blood pressure medicine, here's what it did to my mental <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> Here's your challenge. Yes, I'm out. <laughs>
3: um, I had I had a similar conversation with one of the companies yeah, right. that I was uh, I left. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I, I mean, I don't want to go too much into.
0: Yeah, 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 no, 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 no.
3: But yeah, so the the conversation about sorry the 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 the, the advice that that person gave me about not leaving managers, I think is, is specifically about not leaving because Mm -hmm. of your immediate manager.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, uh, So again, I mean, I've had, I've had great direct managers and terrible like second and third level to, to use IBM, IBM terminology, like second and third line managers, like where the management chain above my, like my direct manager was fantastic, but everything behind him was awful. And, but he was a great manager and a lot of it was because he was doing his job as a shit umbrella. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um. And I've had positions where I've had a terrible frontline, but then everything above that is like very supportive. Here's, you know, we know, and it's more a politics to get this person into a place where they need to be and not, yeah, you know, yeah. Whatever. So, yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Always tough. Yeah. 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 Always tough. You, you know, you have to look at each situation individually because, yes. you know, if, if the politics in are just, you know, if, if the politics are such that you cannot, that if your manager leaves, your manager is going to be leaving by moving up and hiring somebody in to take his own place. That's a whole other discussion right there. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Um Now that we're on a downer subject, let's go with the downer (laughs) question. Um, How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal?
3: Uh, I am pretty rubbish at it. Um, Uh uh, So there's some caveats to that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm okay at dealing with failure Uh when it is something where I am part of a team where the failure is because the team has failed to deliver something, um, where, um, where I've seen the writings on the wall that we're going to Mm -hmm. fail with that because I have more time to kind of brace for that impact. Yeah. Where, where it's a lot harder is particularly around personal stuff. So, like when I tell my wife that I'm going to do something and then completely fail to remember it, that that stings, and I'm really, really rubbish at dealing with that. When yeah. I, um, when I've tried to do something at work and it's come off in a way that I wasn't expecting it to, and that's impacted other people, or if it's something that's happened at quite short notice, I will tend to um, have to kind of take myself out of the situation for a while and figure out where that what that's done to me um right right uh, and i'm not particularly good if i'm completely honest at kind of uh how i deal with that so like it, when i have a when when i've let my wife down for example the way that i fix that is i go into another room and i clean everything um, and that's not necessarily productive for either of us <laughs> because she knows, eh, she maybe yeah. needs to talk about why that was a problem. And I just kind of,
2: I'm,
3: I'm not quite at the level. So my parents used to be dreadful at this. Uh, and I can say this, uh, now, yeah, I can yeah. say this now because but, uh, they've they've both passed, but that's, these things happen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. used to, uh, so um, my dad was really afraid of confrontation, uh, which is mm-hmm. weird because he was a police officer. Um, so, But I think that was because he knew how he reacted to people and he didn't want to react in that way to his
0: wife. So she
3: would would follow him through the house saying, we need to talk about this thing. This is a problem. You need to help me fix this. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever it was that they were doing. And he would be walking in front of her with his back Mm -hmm. to her to avoid that conversation because he didn't want to have that discussion. I actually find myself doing that a lot around conversations I need to have with my wife when my children are around. So she will be like, we need to have a conversation about this. And I'm like, I can't do this right now. Yeah. And that's not healthy because it doesn't show my children that you can have a loving relationship that there Mm -hmm. are conflicts in. Um, We are very fortunate, my wife and I, in that we, we tend to fight very infrequently. Um, I had a fr- <laughs> I had a friend uh, who his wife said, you know, it's not healthy not to have fights, uh, and they then divorced a short period after that. And it's like I'm not drawing any corollaries here, you know, comparisons. Yeah, here, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, m- my wife and I are very good at having the conversation once we've both cooled down. We're not very good at having the conversation before then.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And it, it may just be the, and that, but that's okay. Here, here comes. I, I, I apologize for this. That's actually part of the conversation or something you can show your kids is to say is to literally say, you know, I, I want to have this conversation, but I do not think it is constructive for me to have it now. Yes. And that's a whole, that's a whole other kind of discussion than I can't deal with this right now. Right. I do not think this would be constructive. Yes. You know, I need some time to process. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. And uh, believe me, Ursula and I have have had that very like we we had those sort of discussions early on in our relationship at least until we both knew how we react to this and I knew that okay, I have fucked up. And so I'm like okay, stop. I know she needs time to cool down and talk about this, and I can acknowledge that without pissing her off further and then go do the thing yeah, yeah. but it, it you know it took a while, and we've been together what fifteen years now, so you know it's not something you can rush
3: no no I mean my wife <laughs> no. and I've been yeah. together now longer than we haven't been um yeah yeah uh but it's it's still it's an you know, it's mm-hmm. still one of those things where you, you, you'll say something and it'll just suddenly be like, "Oh, okay." Maybe we both need some space on this particular conversation. It's something that we never realized yeah. was a problem before. So, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, this is this no, is, no, no. I get it. This yeah. is this is not relationship <laughs> relationship alchemy.
0: <laughs> yeah, or we're, we're, yeah, no. I mean, but I, I like to say that it all integrates, yes. right? Because you know, and and a lot of <laughs> this is going to sound awful, but large portions of the productivity industrial complex want to treat it like it's all the same thing and it's not right. And, but it's also interrelated and intertwined and not acknowledging that as well is doing everyone a disservice because you cannot just turn off your work self as much as you try. You cannot turn off your work self when you walk in the door. You cannot turn off your personal self when you walk out the door. Um, otherwise we'd all, you know, be working like the show Severance, and anyone who thinks that is a good idea really needs uh, a stern talking to it, at the very least. <laughs> if you have not seen Severance, oh my god, go watch Severance.
3: I think I need to at um, some point.
0: Then, yeah, 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 absolutely brilliant. Um, all right, now for the happy part. Right, do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how?
3: Uh, I have become better at this since listening to this podcast um oh good I have I have started sort of saying to my wife I just I I literally had the conversation with her this week I was like "Ah, I'm so proud of myself I've just done this thing and unfortunately because she doesn't work in IT kind of like as soon as you start mentioning technical terms the the glaze sets in um right yeah yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. um but I you know was able to couch it in the well, you know, I did this thing and it made my boss happy and you know I've moved us towards mm-hmm. this goal and she's like, oh well done, congratulations. Um we neither of us are particularly um we're both quite impulsive about stuff. So neither of us oh, particularly yeah. like plan to buy something when we hit a goal. We're not that kind of people. Mm. We're the kind of people that will go, um uh let's buy a thing. Yeah let's buy a thing. we bought a thing. Oh we bought a thing, have we? Okay then, let's do that then, shall we? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cars are a particularly bad example for that because you know we'll just be like, oh, we need to buy a new car. Well, we're going to go and have a look at car today, are we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to buy that one then, are we? Yeah, let's buy that one then, shall we? Well, hang on a yeah, second. Yeah. Uh, are we not going to look at any of the others? Oh, it's fine. We'll just get that one then, shall we? Um. But yeah, so we don't really, we don't, we're not. Uh, I'm, I'm good at saying, <laughs> I've just done a thing. I'm what I I tend to find being the way that I'm good at doing successes is kind of when I've, when I've figured something out, I write a blog post about it. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
3: and that's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a big celebration. Um, it's more an acknowledgement. I've just done a thing and it's worked the way I wanted it to. Um,
0: that's absolutely a celebration. It's mm. just, you know, it's not big. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be the huge, woo, yeah. look at me. <laughs> um,
3: what tends to, uh, and, and I think more because I have this like pipeline that joins, you know, I've written a blog mm-hmm. post to, it goes, it gets posted to, you know, the social stuff. Um, yeah. When yeah, you yeah, tend yeah. to start seeing likes and retweets and shares and stuff of stuff that you've written. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. kind of a bit of a dopamine hit. So that kind of boosts you up a little bit more at that point, I suppose. But um yeah it's good um as i said doing better uh need to try harder Mm -hmm. but i'm doing better
0: (laughs) you know what uh i don't know a single person um who i've talked to who has come in as part of the the listener volunteer for tribute who doesn't acknowledge they need to do better um do you know um, I, I
3: genuinely think a lot of that comes from l- listening to this podcast <laughs> um because it's very clear at least to me as a you know as a mm-hmm, listener mm-hmm. um
0: yeah
3: that actually everybody has different things switched on well mm-hmm. um you know and you listen to someone who says you know i am really good at Uh, doing this thing Uh, you know I go and I I go and buy a thing or I go and do a thing and you think oh that sounds like a great idea yeah I should do do more stuff like that and actually it was quite literally the result of one of these one of these shows was the thing that made me go Mm -hmm. to my wife last week you know I just did a thing and my boss liked it and as I said the glaze set in but I I had that conversation and I'd never had that I'd never kind of purposefully had that conversation with her before and it was because mm-hmm. of hearing somebody. And I just went, actually, that's a really, and it it, it, it helped. It was a, it was a positive thing and it made me feel good.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, yeah. And it just kind of reinforced further reinforced how amazing this podcast is. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin.
0: I, uh, you're going to, you're going to make me blush and then get all choked up and we still, we're not done yet. We are not done so. yet. No. <laughs> we're not done but yet. But it's not far um, to go. We're, we're, we, I can- no, not far to go. Not far to go. Um, Because this is that; those are all the big productivity questions. The um, the last thing before we talk about where to find you online, if you choose to share, is uh, as you know, and many of our listeners know; first time listeners might not, is that in 2021 uh, we stopped asking for money; we started asking our guests for charities for to which they could our listeners could support instead of us because other people need the money more than we do. Um, Even under current circumstances, which I'll explain to you after this, but everybody who's listening at this point knows. Um, Long story. Um, In any case, um, and I got rid of, last week, I got rid of the um, support link. The forbidden link is now gone, and I've replaced it with a link to with a list of all the charities our guests have suggested since we started doing this. Okay. So the question I have for you is who should the other listeners, since you're a listener and obviously you probably already support them. What, what, where should our listeners give money to instead of to us, um, this
3: week? Um, so I mentioned before that, uh, my parents have both passed away. Um, yes. and, uh, for that reason, I would like to mm-hmm. uh, encourage your listeners to support, if they're in the UK, to support cancer research um, because, mm-hmm. frankly, fuck cancer.
0: Um, fuck cancer. Um, uh, if mm-hmm. you
3: are outside of the UK, um, then uh, any other charity that um, is is working towards fighting cancer is great. Um, the other ca- um, uh, charity that I would uh, strongly recommend anyone that should support is uh, find your local hospice. Um,
0: Oh, my God, yes. um,
3: uh, My grandmother, unfortunately, had to go into hospice um, for Mm -hmm. several months, and um, they don't get anywhere near enough funding and anything that you can do to give um, uh, anyone that is kind of in those stages where they need the services of a hospice.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah, no, no. So yeah, uh, a real
3: Debbie Downer this one, I'm afraid. But um uh yeah.
0: That's you know, that's okay, because um honestly, uh the most hope we can give, I think, is to be supporting that research and looking at the advancements because we've been supporting those researchers, yes. looking at the advancements that we have made um since um uh, frankly, since, say, my grandmother passed in
2: 1998,
0: <laughs> right? Or 97. It was 97. I remember that because it was two weeks after her funeral that we conceived my first son. Um, okay. You know, that whole need to celebrate life. Yeah, the counter yeah, yeah. Death. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but looking at the treatment options and all the things that were available to my grandmother in the. 80s and 90s versus what's available to people today. Uh, it's just amazing what good that money can yes. do.
3: Yeah, absolutely. If you know, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so, so that's there's the uplifting yeah. part of it. Let's go with that, that one. Yeah, yeah. Is that this money is literally making differences in people's lives, yes. extending people's lives, and saving people's lives? Yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. So, hey, um, if you choose to share, where can we find you online? Let me just get a new page for this instead of trying to squeeze <laughs> it into the last four lines. You know. um, so uh, it's actually really easy to find me. Uh, so
3: I have a <laughs> website, uh, which is mm-hmm. john john.spriggs, mm-hmm. S-P-R-I-G, dot G-S. So john, dot Sprigg, dot G-S. Um, <laughs> And uh, South Georgian Islands, straight off the coast of... Uh, of, um, uh, Argentina. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's where my domain is, uh, is uh, claims to be from. It throws everyone and having an email address with at sprig.gs is just a nightmare as well. But, um, particularly when you try and talk to non-tech people. Um, but yeah, so, uh, <laughs> uh, all of my social stuff is linked from there. But frankly, mm-hmm. um, we were talking before the show, uh, and I think yeah. it's, uh, i I've, whilst I still hold presence on most mm-hmm. of the social media networks and most of the chat networks. Uh, I think I, I, I lost my FreeNode account when FreeNode vanished. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I have, I have telegram and matrix and WhatsApp and, uh, <laughs> Facebook and probably still my space for, for crying out loud. But, uh, so they're all I- linked off the top of there. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Um and uh but if if you can't reach me through there I am pretty much known everywhere as John the nice guy. Um yes. It's...
0: Um and I'll I'll be honest when I was first doing your pokemon the, the trades with you on pokemon go there was a little bit of me <laughs> because of the um I don't know the American men who are like oh it's okay i'm a nice guy it's okay to go out with me i had sort of a knee-jerk reaction to seeing the nice guy because that was my first thought (sighs) do you know what actually
3: that's the second time that's come up (laughs) um i i spent a little while um looking into a messaging system called secure scuttlebutt which was a massively decentralized thing. And I posted on there as John the Nice Guy, and I had someone say to me, it was the first... I've had this, Nick, for since 1999, something like that. Yeah. I've been John the Nice Guy since 1999, and that was basically because I had to stop using my Vampire the Masquerade handles, because that was just weird. Um, And it was given to me by someone... Because mm-hmm. they'd gone through a particular bad situation, and I was there to support them, and they said, "You are John the Nice Guy," and I was like, "Right, that's it. I'm changing my nickname to that." And that was what I changed. Right, right, to. right, right, right. And so, for the first time, about four or five years ago on SSB, and I said, "You know, I'm John the Nice Guy," and they're like, "Ooh, John the Nice Guy. That's a dreadful thing to say because don't you know that's what that's what blah blah." And I'm like, "I'd never seen it like that.
0: Never. Oh ever god. Seen yeah. It like that. Yeah." Um, and it may be, I don't know if it's particular to just American men being shitty, but, or if it's an international problem.
3: <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there's, there's plenty to be said about, um, as I said, in every group, uh-huh. there will always be an asshole. Um, yes. Uh, I used to sign off with something along the lines of, you know, uh, I'm not always a nice guy, but I try to be, um. You know, uh, that I have done stuff in the past that I'm not particularly proud of, that everyone oh, does. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, I I try each day to be better at being a nice person. Um, and, and it really took me by surprise to have this person saying yeah, to me yeah. that, you know, well, surely you're just... Being like this because you're, you know, I, I think they even said, like, you know, I don't need, don't need a white knight or something. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know,
3: that's not who I am. And it was kind of like a, mm-hmm. a, a knee jerk reaction. Like you said, you know, um, and yeah, I'd yeah, never yeah. come across it before. And it's really, it's really surprising to me. Not surprising because that's the wrong word because I can't know what, I, but you know, I'd always kind of seen this as quite a wholesome kind of name. Mm-hmm to be portraying and
0: yeah and well i mean shitty people are ruining things all over the place there is a whole i remember being in iceland and uh don't worry i'm adding i'm adding to my content warning list right now there was a, a whole thing in an icelandic independent newspaper when we were over in iceland in 20 was that 2019 no that was 2017 because it was just before the helsinki worldcon um but uh it that was i wish the white supremacists would st- supremacists would stop stealing our heritage and culture because i don't know about in the uk but in the us there's a whole big thing with the white supremacists using um I, uh, of the uh, the scandinavian symbols and culture and pagan as sort of this is what you know, this is white people things, and you know I just want to take them all out back and beat them as someone of you know Scandinavian descent, but yeah, no, but that's the whole sort of thing. it's that bad people creep in, and now suddenly they've ruined things for the rest of us yeah
3: um, <laughs> so I know um so, mm-hmm. uh, i am uh, I'm going to acknowledge some of my privilege here i'm a oh yeah, I'm a cis white male um. I am very aware that there are entire groups of things that I do not witness. Um, I also am very privileged in that I live in, um, a semi rural area. Um, Mm, so I don't live in city center. Uh, I haven't really lived in city center ever. I've always lived in suburbs or this semi rural area that I live in now. Mm. Um, so I've never really witnessed any kind of even sort of the, the proximities of hate groups for want of a better better phrase. Um, In fact, the closest to anything like that really that I've ever experienced is when I was 18, 19 and I went out clubbing. One of my friends saw a pin on the floor for a a group. Uh, He looked, he picked up, Look, thought it looked interesting and put it on his on his jacket and it was only when he went into school the next day with that same pin on his jacket and somebody said, "Oh, I didn't realize you like insert name of particular far right wing group and he's like whoa, whoa, what do you mean he's like that's a I think it was called combat 18 I think it was and it was like a a, a white Nazi yep you know affiliated group. And he's like, whoa, okay, yeah, been, you know. Well, yeah, oh, ha, nope. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, you know uh, again, you know, the fact that my father was a police officer, he purposefully ensured that we didn't expose ourselves to anything like that as a child. In fact, I mean, even to the extent that um, uh, until I went to university, I probably knew a grand total of maybe two people that, took drugs, you know, it it was just, you know, (laughs) yeah, very
0: different from me. Yeah. (laughs) But again, you know,
3: and, and to the extent that, um, you know, there's these whole kind of cultures and whole environments that I'm not privy to. I don't, I don't, it's not even that I don't, I can't put myself in a position of understanding them because I mm-hmm. don't know anything about them you know yeah I I try and again part of this trying to be a better person you know I I try to understand more about you know diversity and inclusion stuff because mm-hmm. I'm conscious of the fact that I don't experience any of that lot and I yeah I, one of oh, yeah, yeah. one of my colleagues um uh in the past he he adopted two children with a different racial heritage for himself. And he and I have had a lot of really interesting conversations about how he brings up his children. Oh yeah. With a different racial heritage to himself, explaining to them where he can and seeing from the way that they Mm -hmm. have to live their life, how the two racial profiles are very different. And it's, Mm-hmm. You know, I I know that there is, um, and again, I don't know whether this is my uh, privilege here or if this is actually. I I believe that the UK is generally less <laughs> racist on the whole than the US is, but uh, but I am also aware of the fact that there are entire areas of this country which. I have had no visibility into. I know that I have (laughs) colleagues that have expressed problems to me in, you know, they're the way that they live their life. So
0: there are sections of the company that literally voted to leave the EU because they didn't like, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. And we're seeing the resurgence of it here. And yes, um, we, we, for a long time, all of us pretended that we were better than that. And the sad truth is that, uh, um, well, it, that's just it. it. We were pretending it, we were covering it up and it's always been there. And in order to eliminate it or whatever, we actually have to stop and do work. And mm-hmm. that is so hard for so many people. Right. Uh, So hard. One of the
3: things that struck me about the company that I work for now is that in part of their taglines, they Mm -hmm. say that they are actively anti-racist. Okay. And that's a laudable goal. And I'm glad that I work for a company who have that as a position they want to take. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am... Unsure how <laughs> they act upon that because right. I particularly the role that I'm in, I don't see any opportunity yeah. for them to put that those ideals into practice. But there are things that we do as a company that I am sure mean that we can be we can be doing that, but
0: yeah, no, it's it's uh it's it's the same with my company in that we have very laudable goals, we have tracking around those goals, we have all of the, you know, we're working very hard, but I'm not I am not in the position that would necessarily see it in the same way as the entire, you know, I see my section of it, I have my opinions on how we're doing in that section. But globally, the number is very different. And I'm wondering if it's just because I'm not seeing past my own region, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. We've down very song. off track. That's You know what? It's okay. It's okay. You know, enough, <laughs> enough, enough of that. Um, we're going to go talk after this because we've been going now for uh, almost two hours. Yes. And that's, you know, hitting a limit. So, um, thank you for volunteering. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being so complimentary. And uh uh yeah, you want to come back, you just say the word, we'll make it happen.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so yeah. much.
0: Yeah. And uh and then for the people at home, we will be right back after this. was such a fun conversation i mean really so much fun and thank you so much for volunteering and hanging out and having the chat into uh it was dark for both of us and he's in the uk so that's saying something right yeah yeah um but no it was great it was fun and we will you know we will absolutely probably do a catch up with with uh john later so let's talk about our word word our word our word is chemo time this week. Stop. Break it down. Uh see now you uh-huh. went you, you uh-huh. went there first uh-huh. and I went um it's chemo time come on join your friends we'll go to very distant lands. <laughs> so yeah, um though I suppose I could do the MC Hammer thing. No 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 it's chemo time. I will stop that now. Anyway. Anyway, yes. You can um,
1: enter that phrase. Where can they enter the phrase? They can
0: enter it in the activity code box at productivityalchemy.com. And you'll, I mean, you'll have, you have to have an account, so you have to be logged in. There's a little login button that will let you create your account on the menu there. Um, But yeah, you create your account, you enter the code, you get a badge. A badge. Dun, dun, dun. A, um, Handcrafted badge by me uh, it's a digital badge and you can find out all about them
1: and why you want them and what they're for and just the general niftiness of them on yes. the website
0: yes, you can um, there's a whole section there on badges there's uh, all the past episodes there's the show notes from the current episode, all the show notes from the past episodes I mean it's all there well, it's, all there
1: it is um, just so much
0: yeah, you can even find uh biographies. Um, yeah, Ursula and myself suitable for, um, I don't know, framing. Yeah, framing. Um, you Tattooing. Know. Let's not reading aloud to your friends. I would feel really weird if somebody got my like bio blurb tattooed on them. Okay, yeah, don't do that. That's yeah, awkward. that's that's a bit that's that's too much. Um, and there is one other link. Yes, with the no longer forbidden link. That's right, the safe link. The safe link, and that is the um, charity support link. Yes, uh, and it should be front and center. If it isn't, someone email me and tell me so I can fix that uh, on the main menu, uh, where you can see all that, all the charities and places that our guests have suggested you, the listeners, support instead of us, because despite everything else, we're still great financially. Yes, you know, so we'll
1: let you know if it changes. Oh yeah, I mean, apparently this chemo infusion without insurance runs twenty five grand. So... Yay, insurance! Yes, exactly. Yes. But we have insurance, so... What was it, $80
0: copay? Yeah,
1: exactly. Here's your $80 copay, and uh, meanwhile, we're pouring liquid platinum into your veins.
0: Yes, or whatever that red stuff was.
1: I don't remember what the red stuff is exactly, but there is one that is actually derived from platinum. Okay, so hey... But in a couple of weeks, or in in uh, in seven weeks, I start mm-hmm. the stuff that's derived from yew trees, and Ooh. yew trees are toxic as fuck. Yeah. So they're you know this is this is uh, uh, yeah. Make no mistake, it's toxic. It's but toxic. It's. I just think it's neat that it's uh, it's from yeah. You. That's cool.
0: That is cool. Um. So anyway, uh, we, John and I had sat down and recorded this literally like. I want to say a day, a day or two after you got the diagnosis, mm-hmm. and so it was still a little raw. Uh, but he had already chosen before he even knew. I did tell him before we started because I mean I think he'd already said something on Twitter and blah blah blah. Probably. Um, but he had already chosen even before he knew. Um, that we support cancer research in the U k and us, I will find some very specific links um, and also um, give money to your local hospice. Uh, yes, I, I cannot emphasize a much emphasize enough how important um, that stage of end- of life care is. Um, it was invaluable for my family, when it was my grandmother, when it was my grandfather.
1: When uh, yeah. it was my stepfather, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it is just uh, all the people at uh, your local hospice do amazing good work and give them money. So that's everything for this week. Yep. And uh, now I'm going to go put chickens to bed.
1: And then yeah. uh, let's, let's like watch the... Super Friends or something.
0: Y- yeah. Um, oh, no, wait. I have the three DVD set of the complete Dungeons & Dragons animated series from the 80s.
1: All right, let's watch all that.
0: 27 episodes. You got it.
1: Did they ever learn they really shouldn't trust Dungeon Master?
0: Um, No, I don't think so. But... Uh,
1: Which, if you have not watched the new D&D movie, A, you should. It's, yes. It is so much fun and
0: so much better than all the other D&D movies they've given us. Sergey, you... Dip made me clicking like trying to rub my hand and clicking on the button because I yeah okay stop. So you were going to say that it, the new D and D movie is so much better. Than... It is so much
1: better than all the ones we've gotten. They yes. did it right. Oh my god! The so right. the paladin is a perfect paladin in so every perfect. way, and they also have a fabulous Easter egg, which if you've watched the Dungeons Dragons cartoon, you will catch,
0: and it is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yes. Um. Yes. So is, is he going to go around or, or, or stay straight and over? He's going to go. Nope. he's going nope, over. He's going over. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, go, go watch some brainless, big fun, little fun, whatever you want to think about it, entertainment. And um, then do your best to stay productive, even if being productive means getting poison injected into yourself to kill the th- something.
1: Soon I will be invincible.
0: Yeah.
2: Something like that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll just leave it at that.